is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This is Pastor Rob Chambers of Reedtown Community Church in Newport, Tennessee. It is our earnest hope and prayer that something will be said or done through word or song that will be a blessing to your heart. Good morning, church. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good to be in God's house this morning. Good to see each and every one of you. Good to see those bright red and green and silver Christmas outfits you have on this morning. Wonderful, lovely time of the year. I don't think there's any prettier time of year in God's house than Christmas, except maybe Easter. I want to thank everyone that's decorated the church, all the flowers and everything. If you would have seen the church after the Christmas service Wednesday night, you would have thought, uh-oh, how are we going to be ready for Sunday morning? But it was ready before everyone left Wednesday night. They had everything back together and all the decorations. We thank you for that. It looks lovely in here. Need your prayers this morning. I'm going to trust God. Luke chapter 2, very familiar scripture. Verses 40 through 20 we'll read in your hearing this morning. And then give you what God has placed on our hearts. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered, wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Have you ever noticed how the period between Thanksgiving... And the end of December is referred to as Christmas time. It's in a lot of the songs. It's Christmas time in the city. And Christmas times are coming. Christmas times are coming. And the one thing that you have the least of during that period is time. That is what you are in least abundance of is time. We're pressed. We run constantly from Thanksgiving 
through the first of the next year, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't. We're pressed for time continually, continually. I can remember when I was just small, I didn't think Christmas was ever going to come. I'd wait and I'd wait and I'd wait and I'd wait. Mama, is it Christmas? No, son, it's not here yet. Olivia, how much longer, Daddy, till Christmas? How many more days? How many more days? How many more days? See, children reckon time a little bit different than adults do. Us adults, we'll look up and we'll, it'll be gone. Just all of a sudden, it'll be over. It'll be the 1st of January. It'll be a brand new year. Well, where'd Christmas go? Well, you missed it. You missed it. You were too busy with other things. You missed Christmas. The season that we call Christmas is a very special time of the year. It should be a reverent time. It's a holy time. It's a divine time given to us by God. A very unique period of time. A privileged time. It's a time when we need to stop and do a couple of things. The first thing that we need to do is take time to ponder. Luke 19 said, Mary pondered. I mean, she thought about it. She studied it. She meditated on it. She ruminated about it. I love that word ruminate. Anytime I see or think of that word ruminate, I think of a cow chewing a cud. You ever stood and watched a cow chew a cud? That dumb old cow just stand there and stare off into space all day long chewing that same cud. That cow is getting every ounce of nutrition, every ounce of of, of what it needs from its food out of that cud that it's chewing on. It'll chew it a while, swallow it, wait a few minutes, bring it back up again, work on it some more. That's what you and I need to be doing right now. We need to be pondering. We need to be ruminating on what Christmas is. Well, what is Christmas? That's a very good question. What is Christmas? Kids, what is Christmas? Jesus' birth. All right, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. The day Jesus was born, the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But it's a little bit more than that. A little bit more than that. Somebody else got an idea. The day God came down to earth, didn't He? The name. Emmanuel means God with us. Not God in heaven afar off. Not God on a shelf. Not God that we can't understand. God with us. With us. Look at all the other religions of the world. There's no other God that anybody worships who is with His people. He's somewhere else. He's in a different plane of existence. He's somewhere else on some other planet. It just depends on what religion that you study. You name it, and there's different places they can be. Christianity is the only belief, the only lifestyle, the only teaching that teaches God is with us. He's with us through the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. He became man and came down to earth. And as Dad said, 
He came for our salvation. It wasn't just Jesus' birthday. It was the beginning of the grace dispensation age. It was the beginning of grace. Ephesians chapter 2 and 8 tells us that by grace ye are saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Jesus was the gift of grace. He was grace when He came down from heaven. It's the grace of His life lived, sinless, spot free on this earth and in His death and resurrection that allows you and I access into heaven. That allows you and I to have the hope of a new life through Jesus Christ. He is grace. He's grace personified. He's grace made real. He's God's love in the flesh. But it said Mary didn't just ponder these things in her head. It said she pondered them in her heart. You and I need to quit thinking with this. And we need to think with this. We need to think with this. Head knowledge won't get you there. It's heart knowledge that's going to be required to get you into heaven. By grace, that was Jesus. Through what? Faith. Faith of the heart. And that not of yourselves. We didn't even have that. That's a gift of God. He gives us the faith. He gives us the faith to believe in Him. We need to quit pondering where we're going to find Christmas gifts for our kids. We need to quit pondering what we're going to take to the family Christmas dinner. We need to quit pondering about how we're going to get the kids to all the different functions. We need to begin pondering what Jesus means to us. We need to ponder on the ramifications of the life that we're living right now and whether or not it's pleasing to God. We need to ponder things of heavenly things. We need to quit pondering earthly things and we need to ponder on heavenly things. We look a little further. It's time to ponder and it's a time to marvel. Very, 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 very little of this ever takes place anymore. Nobody ever marvels at the glory and grandeur of the birth of Jesus Christ. Chapter 2, verse 18 of Luke, it said, The people wondered at the things that they were told. They were amazed. They were astonished. They were excited. They were in awe. There ain't nobody sitting here this morning in awe. There's no awe. There's no awe. There's no awe in God's church anymore. Remember when you were children how excited Christmas was. Remember how you just almost shake all over with excitement? You ever seen a child stare its eyes wide open, its mouth hanging open in just awe? See, that's why we like Christmas time. We like to watch the children. We like to watch the children at Christmas time 
because through their joy and their wonder and amazement, we can relive ours. We've lost ours. Ours is gone. We don't have it anymore. We've got to get it from the children. That's why especially that first Christmas, everybody makes a big deal out of baby's first Christmas. And especially the first Christmas when the baby's old enough to understand what's going on. We love that time because we're living through them. We're experiencing and reliving our own feelings of, of glory and grandeur through what the children are seeing through their eyes because we ourselves, we've lost it. We don't stop and take time to marvel anymore. And I tell you, there's one other thing. When you marvel, there's awe and there's reverence, but there's a little bit of fear. There's a little bit of fear. Has to be a little bit of fear. Now, we'll tell our children, now, you better be good or you know who won't come. I'm standing up here this morning telling you on authority of God word, God's Word, you better get your life right with God. You better live separated from the world. You better live spotless and clean in God's eyes following the commands of His book or you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, the Word said. If you're not a little bit afraid of something, you're not going to respect it. If you're not a little bit afraid of something, you're not going to give it its proper place. You see so many cars driving around on the road today. They got a little sticker on the back of it that says no fear. That's the church's problem today. That's the church's problem. We don't have any fear. We're not afraid of anything. We're not afraid of anything. We don't marvel. We don't stand and stare with slack-jawed surprise and amazement at the power and the grandeur and the glory of God. He doesn't amaze us anymore. The blood shed at Calvary doesn't amaze us anymore. The grace of God doesn't amaze us anymore. We'll sing the song, Amazing Grace, and afterwards they'll play the pen and we'll raise our hands and praise God, but we do it out of repetition. We do it just because it's the thing to do because everybody else is. There's no amazement there. There's no excitement. Hebrews 10 and 31 says, It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You want to talk about fear. <laughs> you want to talk about fear. Look at verses 9 through 14 of that same chapter. Can you imagine fear? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Picture. You're on a hillside. It's night. You can hear the sheep bleeding on the hillside. You can hear the crickets. You can hear the, the mosquitoes buzzing around. You can hear the murmur of some of your other shepherd friends. You can smell the grass. It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's just like any other night. And then all of a sudden, bam! The angel of the Lord's in front of you. The angel of the Lord is in front of you. And not only that, but the glory of the Lord is shining all around you. It wasn't the angel that scared them to death. It wasn't the angel that amazed them. It was the glory of God that surrounded them. The glory that came upon Moses when he came down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments. It was the glory that stood upon the tabernacle. That when you looked at it, you couldn't see it because there was a veil. There was a gall across it. 
because the power of God was so strong in it. It's the Shekinah power and glory of God that comes out of heaven. No wonder those men were scared to death. And then after the announcement, a multitude, thousands upon ten thousands. You think you were terrified at one angel. <laughs> Imagine millions spread across the sky singing glory to God in the highest. Glory to God and glory to the Son that has came to bring salvation to mankind. Hey, no wonder the Bible says that the, that the shepherds, after everything was said and done, they, they went away praising God and glorifying God. We talked this morning in Sunday school class about how Mary and Joseph, they had an angel that came to them and told them this. That's one deal you know, that we would, if an angel come and told us, we'd believe. You've got better than an angel to come to speak to you. You've got the Holy Ghost of God that comes and speaks directly into your hearts. You don't get the message secondhand from a messenger. You get the message directly from the Son of God. They can glory at angels. Why can't we glory at the Holy Ghost? Why can't we praise God when He speaks to us? Because half the time we can't hear Him. And when we do hear Him, we don't like what He says. Because we're not living according to His will. We've got sin in our life. And when God speaks to us and there's sin in our life, what happens? It cuts. It hurts. Conviction comes. And it's uncomfortable. The shepherds went away praising God. It wasn't angels they was praising God about. They were praising about the message. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless His holy name. Lift your hand and give Him glory this morning. Praise God. Praise God for salvation through Jesus Christ. Preacher, everybody may not be praising God really in their hearts. It don't matter. God deserves it whether you mean it or not. God deserves it. God merits it. God warrants it. And God commands it from His children that you praise me with your voice, with the instruments. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Bless His holy, precious name this morning. It's a time of praise for us. A time of praise. A time of worship. A time that all other thoughts, all other actions, all other needs, anything else in your life should be pushed aside. Because the paramount thing, the most important thing, is Jesus. Is Jesus. We'll get it. We'll, we'll, we have anniversaries and we have Memorial Days for every little thing. Individual birthdays. Anniversaries, Pearl Harbor Day, 9-11. Now I know in the scheme of things those were monumental events in human history. But there's never been anything like the birth of Jesus. There's never been anything like the birth of our Lord. Everything pales in comparison. Everything is just dim. It brings us to our fourth point. This should be a time to tell 
about the birth of Jesus. It's a time when you and I should be going out with only praise in our mouth, but testimony and witnessing to the fact that God was born in Bethlehem. Verse 17 that I read in your hearing said, They made abroad the things that they had come to pass. In other words, they told everywhere they went, all over the place. Why do you think the world today wants to silence the holiday? Why do you think they want to do away with the Christ in Christmas? Because the devil don't want the message getting out. Why do you think our government has declared a non-religious Christmas? That's like a non-hamburger meatloaf. You can't have it. If you take the hamburger out of a meatloaf, what have you got? You got peppers and onions. That's it. You take Christ out of Christmas, what do you have? Nothing. Nothing. It's just one more day out of the year. And this from the president who would not honor the national day of prayer, but when the Muslim day of prayer came, he was photographed kneeling on a prayer rug facing Mecca. I know this is off the subject. If it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, if it swims and flies like a duck, it's a duck. This time of year, Christmas, people's hurts, people's pains, people's loneliness is magnified tenfold. That's why it's the worst time of the year for suicides. It's the worst time of year for crime. It's the worst time of year for drug abuse, for alcoholism, for drunk driving. The statistics in all these categories go straight up around Christmas and New Year's because people are hurting. They're in need. They desire something to fill the emptiness and the loneliness and the pain that exists inside the human soul. And they try to fill it with anything that they can. But it won't work. There's pleasure in sin for a small season. But that will eventually come to an end. And they're left seven times worse than when they started. But you and I, you and I have the thing that will fill the human heart. You and I have the thing that makes the human soul complete and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you and I are selfish. We hold it for ourselves. We keep it to ourselves. We're judgmental. We decide, oh, they don't need to hear it. They don't need to hear it. They don't need to hear it. They're, they don't deserve it. They're not good enough. It's not our place to decide where the gospel goes. We are to give it abroad like the, the shepherds did. Everywhere we go. To tell the good news, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. What were the shepherds telling abroad? What were the things that they were making known concerning the child, Jesus? They were telling who He is. He's the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. They were telling... Where he came from. 
and why he came. He came from the throne of glory. He came from sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And he came into this world to save mankind from his sin. And they were telling where he could be found. They were telling where you could find the Christ child. Where you could find the King of kings and Lord of lords. Ladies, come to the piano, please. You can find him with a humble heart and a contrite spirit, the Word of God says. That's exactly where you can find Jesus Christ, and you can't find him anywhere else. Until you humble yourself before God, and until you're heartfully sorry for the sins that you have committed, you won't find Jesus. I don't care how many times you come to an altar to pray, asking God to save you and deliver you from what's going on in your life, until you finally and actually humble yourself before God and let your heart break and accept Him as Lord and Master, only then will He become Savior. I can't stand to see people use Jesus as a spare tire, and God can't either. He is not a spare tire. He will not be a spare tire. He will be Lord and Master or nothing at all. This morning. Take a few minutes right now. Just examine your own heart. Invite the Holy Spirit to take a look. Invite the Holy Spirit to examine yourself and then hold on for what He sees. We look good in our own eyes. When we look in the mirror, we look, got our hair combed, ladies' makeup on, we're looking good until the Holy Ghost looks at us, until we see what God sees when God looks at us. There's where you get broken. There's where you get humble. When you see yourself as God sees you, with all your flaws, with all your weaknesses, with all your sin, there's where you get humble. Christmas Day is Friday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's four days. Four days. Not a lot of time to ponder. Not a lot of time to marvel. Not a lot of time to praise. And not much time to tell. But there is time. There is time. There is time. But I've got all this stuff I've got to do this coming week. I've got to go here, go there, go there. There's time. There's time. If you'll make time. There's time this morning if you need to pray. You're here and you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. There's time right now for you to meet Him. There's time for Him to save you. There's time if you've backslid on God, you've grown cold and indifferent, you were at one time on fire. But not so much so right now. I've leveled off, preacher. Then you backslid. If he's not as real 
if it's not as fierce, if it's not as forceful to you right now as it was the day you got saved, you're backslid. Plain and simple. God cannot decrease in your life and you still be saved. God has to increase and we have to decrease, John the Baptist said. Child of God, you're here and you're just blah this Christmas. I just can't get in the Christmas spirit. Then get on your knees in front of God. Quit worrying about what the world says is Christmas and worry about what the Word of God says Christmas is about. You do that and brother, the Christmas season will eat you up. You'll get so full of Jesus you can't stand it. But none of that will happen unless you take the time right now. Unless you take the time right now. We hope that you've enjoyed our podcast presentation. If you would like more information about the church or any additional podcast, please join us on the web at www.reedtowncommunitychurchpodcast.blogspot.com. That's spelled R-E-I-D-T-O-W-N, communitychurchpodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you and God bless.